Um, just a couple of quick announcements um, tonight. Five o'clock, we will be in the second chapter of the I Am a Church Member book. So looking forward to that. Um, I think we had a business meeting scheduled tonight. We'll see how that goes. We may actually move that to the following week. Uh, let's see, second harvest, packing boxes. This is the 19th this month. There's a sign-up sheet on the back board. We need 10 to 15 people to sign up for that. And then, Rachel, do you have an announcement for Junior Reach Out? Yeah, there's a paper back there, so if anybody wants to do a temperature, please sign up so we know that we have enough to even do it. The best um, slash costume wins prize. So the party is actually from 6 to 8. Yeah, the party's from 6 On to the 8. On the 22nd. Yeah, but the trunk or tree, I think we're going to probably do it from like 7.30 to 8. It's probably not going to take that long. Okay. But if you guys want to be there at like 7, you get ready. Cool. Any other announcements? Can't think of any. All right. We'll have y'all arrive. We'll start with the song.
you got your Bibles, turn over to Acts chapter 15. Again, want to thank Tony and John and Brandon for giving me a little break. Preaching week after week after week and having a, a full-time job, it can wear you down, let me tell you. So I appreciate those guys. Uh, was really excited about the baptism last Sunday night. We had two join the church, so that was awesome. Really good to see. So before the break, we were, we were examining proclamations of the first church about who Jesus was. They were mostly through the Apostle Peter and his preaching. There were several different things that uh, they proclaimed about his power through his mighty works and miracles. Uh, we looked at his death, how God used evil men to fulfill his plan of salvation. And most importantly, how God raised Jesus from the dead. And then proclaiming to all the house of Israel that God made Jesus both Lord and Christ, the Messiah. And proclaiming that everyone, including Gentiles who believed in Jesus, received forgiveness of sins through his name. So up until that time, if you remember the message, it was mainly just for Jews. And then Peter had the dream and all that good stuff. But it opened up the gospel to all. Which is good because who are we? We're Gentiles. We're not Jews. And then the last, which was four weeks ago, I think now, man, was proclaiming through Paul's first message that Jesus was the Messiah. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which could not be freed from the law of Moses. So this morning we'll move on to chapter 15 here, which is proclaiming the, the first the early church proclaiming about being saved by grace alone. And we'll get into that in a few minutes here. So did everyone's teams win yesterday? I know we've got some happy Tennessee fans. That color is still ugly. Just... I'm going to put that in the, cup in the Constitution that we're banning that orange. Kentucky didn't look so good. Ohio State actually played pretty good. Did anybody have a team that didn't win other than Kentucky? Come on. Interactive. (laughs) All right. You guys aren't no fun. So this here in chapter 15, it's right after Paul's first missionary journey where he actually is returning to Antioch from where the journey actually began. And I like the end of that 14th chapter there where it talks about uh, God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And that really goes along with this this message this morning. And and what what Paul was doing in Barnabas, they were coming back and and sharing the good news of how their journey went, especially with related to Gentiles. The Gentiles had received the message of salvation. So kind of keep that in mind. And as everything continues to go well, and this thing's going to drive me nuts, as everything continues to go well, what happens? Old Satan likes to jump his head in there and start causing trouble, doesn't he? As soon as everything starts going okay and and well and good, Satan's got to creep in. And that's exactly what's happening right here. He always wants to divide. He always wants to cause issues and strife to try to prevent the gospel from continuing to grow and and move on. So let's read, we'll actually read, we'll read a few verses. We'll see what happens here. We'll just follow the Lord. 
Need your prayers this morning. I woke up not feeling the greatest, so just need your prayers. So starting at the first chapter, or the first verse. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. That's the big dilemma. You cannot be saved unless you follow the the custom of Moses. Unless you believe the law, unless you're circumcised, these and, and here's we got to paint this picture a little bit. These were Jewish Christians that had accepted Christ that are saying this. They're saying to be saved, you also have to have the law and be circumcised and become. So basically, what it was is how, how did you become Jewish? You follow their customs, right? You had to be circumcised, follow, follow the law, all that. That's what they're saying here. Even to be saved, you still have to become Jewish to be right with God. That's what that first verse is talking about there. Again, Satan causing all kinds of confusion. So the issue here is, should the Gentiles be accepted without first converting to Judaism? Or should they be required to be circumcised and keep the law? So we'll, we'll read. Just wanted to set that tone there. Second verse. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the, con- the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. So again, kind of the the same thing there. So as you can see, Paul and Barnabas really took offense to this because they were actually spreading a gospel that was based on Christ alone. And now they're coming back, giving good reports. And these guys are like, well, your reports aren't very good because it's not true. They also have to become a Jew. Do you see the confusion? Pharisees are all Jews. Pharisees, yeah, exactly. But again, these were Christians that had accepted Christ. Keep that in mind. So why was this such a big deal? Why was this such a big deal? So if, if me and Roger had a debate on what Psalms 121 says, that'd be a little different, wouldn't it? The reason this is a big deal is because this is core to our beliefs, right? Salvation means everything. So how you're saved means a lot. Can you imagine if I come up here this morning? Well, Roger, you've been saved how many years? He's not a bunch. Well, to really be saved, you can't wear orange anymore. Weird example, but you you see what I'm saying. That's kind of what was going on here. So they take a trip to Jerusalem to meet with the other leaders of the church to dive into this. And if you look at Galatians chapter 2, read that later. A lot of that plays into this chapter. Where Paul actually it says he, there was a revelation for him to go. So read, read chapter 2 of Galatians later. It's really interesting. 
So can't you imagine here, just for a minute, Satan sitting back like, yes, I got him. Doctrinal issue, right? That's a big deal. It really is a big deal. I mean, sadly, I don't think, well, not sadly, I don't think this is as big a deal today in the church as it was back then. But I also believe Satan has twisted other things to kind of do the same thing, right? So what's some of the things that you've heard? Well, to be a Christian, you've got to be saved. But to go to heaven, you also got to be baptized. Not true. Not true. Uh, let's see. Well, Roger, I can't believe you're not giving your 10%. You're not going to heaven. Heard that? Not tithing. Not going to heaven. What else? Well, sorry, I'm a little loopy today. They stopped coming to church. They must not have been saved. You heard that? They can't be saved. They didn't get saved in the church. They didn't come down here and kneel and cry tears and puddles everywhere. They didn't get saved. Not true. Not true. He, he's using everything to divide us. Kind of like the country's trying to do. They're using everything. Politics, race, social status, all that. Years and years and years ago. There was a situation where somebody said, hey, would you mind if I brought my African-American friend to church with me? Well, that's probably not a good idea. Why not? Why not? Does everybody on this planet not need the gospel? Regardless what color you are. Regardless. But that's what we've done. We Christians, we talked about it a little bit in Sunday school this morning. We've messed things up so bad. We've done it. Not God. Not the gospel. Well, that person, Santana, don't take offense. That person's trashy. We don't want that trash in our church. We don't want that filth in our church. Why not? They need the gospel. Amen. Sorry, Santana. <laughs> I, that stuff just drives me crazy. Well, they got tattoos on their neck. They got a money sign right there. They must, they must not need Jesus. Or surely that person's not going to need Jesus. Or Jesus isn't going to accept them. How's that sound? But that's what Satan's doing. The other one that's big today political affiliation. If you're not a Republican, boy, you're not a Christian. That's not right. It's not right. If you're not of this, if you're not of that. That's not how God works. That's how we work. And we're letting Satan divide us because of stuff like that. Churches are separating because of our fight about Psalms 121. It's sad. Well, I can't believe they wore that to church. I can't believe women can wear pants now. What does that have to do with the gospel? Absolutely nothing. I can't believe it. Can't believe that pastor up there 
He ain't wearing, I mean, he ain't wearing a tie today. He ain't wearing a tie. He ain't wearing a jacket. Boy, I throw this thing away right now. That's the stuff that we can't get out of our minds. The separation goes on and on and on. We don't want that filth in our church. Like I said, oh yeah, it's okay. You know, Christ, He can save you, but you got to be baptized. It's just crazy. Was the thief on the cross baptized? Did Jesus even ask the thief on the cross what he had done wrong to be there beside him? What did he say? Today you'll be with me in paradise. That was it. That was it. Sorry, I know I'm a little animated this morning, but that's okay. I think you get the point. I think the thing that I really just want everybody to think about is anytime we have conversations about the gospel and there's anything plus or minus Jesus, no matter what it is, get away from it. Because no good can come from it. None. Well, that church has padded seeds. Boy, we could get padded seeds. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But that has nothing to do with the gospel. Same thing with good deeds. Well, to be saved, boy, you've got to start doing good deeds. No. You do good deeds because of being saved, not to get saved. There's a difference, isn't there? It's because God changes that heart. He doesn't change the heart because you're doing those things. Does that make sense? Yes. Jesus plus plus or minus anything is not the gospel. And I think that's really what we're getting to here. I've been trying to think in my head, how do I apply this message? Because it is a little different. But it's kind of the same, isn't it? It's kind of the same stuff. Satan is trying to divide. That's what he's doing here. So they go meet with the, the apostles and elders to discuss and debate this matter. Can't you imagine it? Like, it's a big deal. It really is. Do you think things got a little heated from time to time? Probably. Probably. I think one of the, one of the versions... I can't remember which it is. It might be New Living, Trans- New Living Translation. It actually talked about Paul and, ba- Paul and Barnabas like kind of arguing that you know right at the beginning there. <clears throat> I'm sure it wasn't a, a good situation, but I also believe if you read through this and read through this later, because I'm you know I'm normally all over the place. I also believe that this scripture is really good for churches to kind of take into consideration of how to actually handle situations like this. And you'll, you'll kind of get what I mean later. So let's, let's read a few more verses here. We left off at five, didn't we? I'll start at five again. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. 
He made no dissension between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. So there's a ton of debate about this topic. And then the Apostle Peter stands up and starts going into you know, how he was chosen to speak to the Gentiles, to bring them to the gospel. Talking about the no distinction between us and them. If you remember, a few weeks ago, wasn't it Peter that God showed through Cornelius and his family that the gospel was for Gentiles, right? Now, if you flip over to... to don't do it, but read it later. If you flip over to Galatians chapter 2, what you need to kind of apply here is there was a situation. So, so after that happened, Peter started actually treating them as Christians, right? Eating with them, being with them. You know, so it's kind of like us being with sin. Think of that. So when the Pharisees started coming around, what did Peter do? He backed off. He created that clean, unclean separation again. Well, what the second chapter of Galatians talks about is Paul confronted him and said, Brother, this ain't right. This ain't right. So it was interesting to me that Peter is the one that stood up here. I think it said something like he was fearful of the circumcision party. That's why he did what he did. Can't we do that too? We can be a Christian when, it's, when we're here because it's easy, isn't it? But out there, we can back off and act like the rest of the world because we just fit in, right? Kind of the same thing. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to show Jesus to them through our very lives. But what Paul said there in Galatians chapter 2, it says they were not in step with the truth of the gospel. I think even Barnabas was considered like hypocritical there. Pretty interesting. Go read that later. So back here to Acts. Tenth verse there. Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? Why? Why? Are we asking or requiring the Gentiles to do something that didn't work for us? That's what he's saying. So in so, in so many words, he's saying the law didn't save us. The law didn't get us to God. Why would we make the Gentiles do the same? I love it. It says by placing a yoke on their neck that even they were unable to bear. It's just interesting. But none of them, none of them in any of their works from the law or whatever you want to call it, were ever made good enough to get back to God. Thus, why Jesus had to come, right? Because nothing we can do is good enough. Nothing. So why are we wanting to place the same burden on them? Is what he's asking. I love verse 11 there. 
But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The reason I love that verse is because what didn't Peter say? What he didn't say was, they will get salvation like we did. He's saying we will get salvation like they did. Like they got it right. See what I'm saying? Like it wasn't about the law. It was about Christ. Do you get that? That's been going through my head all morning. I love that. It says we will be saved like them. In Christ alone. Not by the law. Not by any other thing. Like I said, in fact, if you add or subtract anything to Jesus, it's, it's false doctrine. It's false. It's not right. Verse 12. And all the assembly fell silent. So all this debate and everything, Peter stands up, gives his speech, and then it just goes quiet. What do you think was going on when it went quiet? What do you think was happening? I kind of feel like they were like in awe of God. And God's just making the truth revealed to all of them. He's kind of, you picture that too? I think it was a really good time where they just connected with God. And they were coming together and God was showing them and understanding the truth. And then they celebrated and listened to Paul and Barnabas and again, their journeys and the wonders that God had done through them for the Gentiles. That's what the 12th verse says. Then James points out Old Testament scripture that also points to the Gentiles. I think it was Amos and Isaiah, if you go look those up. They're in the 16th verse. Actually, the 15th verse. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return and will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. Then the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who makes these things known from of old. So he's pointing to that Old Testament scripture. That's, that's the thing, like, we can argue all day long. What's the Bible say about it? Mm-hmm. I think we forget that sometimes, don't we? What's the Bible say? I think that's what he's getting to here. What's the Bible say about this? What's the Bible say? And then James, who must have had some authority here because he was, he was the leader of the Jerusalem church. He says his judgment. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God. And it's the same thing for us. Ryan, what was the, what was the percentage of Christians that were judgmental? 90%. 90%. That is a problem. Who, who are we to judge anyone? Like, I, I don't understand that. That was Christians, right? 90% of Christians were just... People who thought Christianity were just... I got you. I got you. 
You know, the other thing that this made me think of as I was studying through this is the people that have this mentality of, I have to get right with God before I come to church. Do you know people like that? I've got to do this. I've got to quit drinking. I've got to quit smoking. I've got to quit cussing. I've got to quit before they come to church. You know what? They're never going to come to church. Because that don't work that way. That don't work that way. It's the flip side of that. I need to do better. I need to do this. I need to do that. You're better than I was. Because there's nothing I could do to make me better. Mm -hmm. Only He could. Started from the inside out when He saved me years ago. You have to get right with Him first. Then through the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the other thing. When someone gets saved, you know, we got this thing in our head. As soon as Santana gets saved, she's not going to be trashy anymore. Couldn't happen. Sorry. You know. Brothers and sisters, that's why we're here. To help them and guide them. But we just sit back and like, well, they're saved. They're good. They're going to heaven. Don't we? No. It's called discipleship. Let's start helping people. The other thing that bothers me, and this has actually happened, I've had a few conversations with people over the years. So, you know, Joe Mullins comes up here, gets saved, and then tomorrow goes back to his band member saying, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that stuff. That's wrong. How about we live by example and show them what God did to us instead of pointing out what they're doing? Why do we do that? I had a good friend come to me and said, Bob, I don't understand. This guy got saved and then he comes down here and tells us we shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, dude, I don't know. But that's why they don't want to come to church. Because they see that as hypocritical. Why do we do that? Long story short, Jesus Christ is enough. He's enough for it all. Salvation is in Christ alone. And that's what they were proclaiming here. That it's only through the grace of God and nothing else. Nothing else. His grace is sufficient to be saved and to go to heaven for eternity. We had a baptism last week. That baptism didn't mean anything that they were going to heaven or whatnot. It was what happened initially. We just mess up, don't we? And the devil's sitting back loving every minute of it. But you know what? No matter what the devil does, he's not going to win in the end. Because Christ won when He arose from that cross on that third appointed morning. And He made a way for every single one of us and every single person out in the world. Let's not be hypocritical. Let's not have those discussions about, well, you got to be this, you got to be that. We don't want this trashy person. We don't want this color. We don't want that. That's not the gospel. It's not the gospel in the least. Not the gospel in the least bit. And I love how they came together here as a church, as a congregation, and agreed. This is right. 
Not because of what they did or not did. Because of God and who He was. Right? That's why. I just love this Scripture. But that's your, your first disagreement, crisis, issues in the early church. And I love how they handled it because we always mess it up. Like I said, that can be a lesson in itself right there on how to work through that kind of stuff. It didn't say half of them went and started another church. Did it? They fixed it right there. And came to the conclusion that Christ was for all. Gentiles, Jews, you name it. Christ is for all. Rich, poor, skinny, fat. Boy, it's good for me. But I, I think people just think crazy things like that. Well, surely that guy right there in that hoodie looks creepy. The gospel's not for him. Why not? Why not? I just sometimes don't get it. I don't get it. Because we were in the same boat as they were before we were saved, right? We were in the same boat. We were on our way to sinner's hell. But God came in and changed everything. We should want that for everyone. Shouldn't we? It's just crazy. You know, Brother Mike or Joe, I'm going to wrap up here. You get a verse of a song. I just want to ask, if anyone's here this morning, Christ is calling out to you to be saved. Don't leave here this morning without it. Because there's eternity at stake. Just have to believe. You don't have to pace up here 15 steps. You don't have to cry a river. You don't have to do jumping jacks. You just have to believe in Him. That's it. It's that easy. You can pray at your seat. You can, come, you can come up here and pray. We'll pray with you. We'll love you. We'll wrap our arms around you. The other thing, if you're adding or subtracting anything to the gospel, you need to repent of that. You need to repent of that. If you, if you have things in your head like that, well, it shouldn't be for this person. It's not for this person. Not this race. Not this color. Get rid of all that. Because that's not the gospel at all. The gospel is for all. Every single one of us. As we all stand, that one verse of a song.